talk about something as far as God goes is critically important and it's his, uh, it is part of his nature. For us we need it, we always have, but we are living in crazy times and we need to be able to understand and access, access this dimension of God's spirit. We need this gift, we need this impartation into our life more than ever. So we're just going to pray. You want to stand up and we'll pray together. Father, we thank you for this morning and we thank you for every person that's gathered here in this place, right in the centre, right in the heart of Sale, right in the heart of Gippsland. And Father, you've placed us in a place of tremendous need and distress and there is also incredible opportunity. Father, I pray that you would really help us this morning. That life is more about than just us going through life and doing what we think is right. Yeah. But God, that there is far greater purpose than that. And Father, I pray this morning that you would release over us, over this community of faith, the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of understanding. Father, we give you praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please take a seat. And that's what I wanted to talk about, was the spirit of wisdom. I'll start with a reading from Isaiah chapter 11. Point one, uh, 11 verse 1. You'll find this message interesting. It's, uh, it's just something that we need to know and something that we need to have and something we need to understand and be able to access. This is Isaiah chapter 11 verse 1, written 600 years before the birth of Christ, talking about looking at something into the future and looking... And it was a prophetic word that Isaiah, God gave him the word, and this is part of the Messianic prophecies. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. It's talking about Jesus. It says, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, and the spirit of knowledge and of fear of the Lord. This is what we call the sevenfold spirit of the Lord. There's seven dimensions to God's spirit that is taught about here. Yeah. And the dimension that I'm picking up on this morning is wisdom. We could all, uh, we could definitely all use an increase of this to negotiate the rapidly changing situations that we face. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It seems to me that we're in times of crisis, like never before, across the globe. I've never lived through a time like this. I think my parents lived through the Great Depression and they would have a feeling and a sense of what many may be feeling today. But it does seem to me that we are in times of crisis. And a lot of this has to do with leadership. Bible talks about the sevenfold spirit of the Lord. And I want to take out the spirit of wisdom and understanding because I want that to be your portion. 
I want that to be our portion. That we, the City Builders Church in Sale, and everyone that we're connected with, that they would understand what the spirit of wisdom is and what the spirit of understanding is and that we would be able to plug ourselves into that. It is actually a dimension of who God is. When we talk about the spirit of wisdom, we sung the song there, Spirit of Wisdom, Spirit of Might. Lord, we're asking right now that you would open the heavens. And you know, this is the capacity of the church. The church is not just called to be a gathering where we see one another every week and we hear a message and sing a few songs and we go about our life. But we are called to be the church of the living God, the church that Jesus started, the church that is written about in Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, where Jesus spoke to Peter and the Father in heaven revealed to Peter who Christ was. And if we really understand who Jesus is, then our whole life can change. And you know, that's what's happened to me. And here we had a couple of testimonies this morning which were just great and relatively impromptu. Um, But they are testimonies of people who were going through their life and all of a sudden encountered people that carried God. The spirit of wisdom and understanding is a dimension of who God is. Jesus carried this dimension, as I read in in Isaiah chapter 11. The spirit of the Lord rests upon him, talking about Jesus. Jesus carried the spirit of wisdom. Jesus was a young man. When he was in the fullness of his ministry, he was 30 years of age. You know, at 30, I look at, you know, I look at my kids and, you know, they're talking about getting older and older and older and I think you're just kids. You know, at at 30, you're just a kid, you just started. But Jesus was a young man. But when he spoke up in the temple and he spoke, you know, when he spoke in the synagogue, he spoke as one who had authority. And the reason was because at age 30, he was already plugged into something. He was plugged into a source that others weren't. Jesus was a young man who was, without a doubt, history's most high-impact leader. We cannot deny his existence. Many live like he is not there. Many choose to put him on the outside, but this we cannot do, we cannot deny his existence. In fact, the, uh, I believe he's the editor of the Australian, Greg Sheridan, has just written a book about Jesus and the importance of his ministry today. And it's referenced with so many facts, so many contemporary writers that have written about Jesus. And uh, I don't know whether you saw the interview, but Andrew Bolt interviewed him, and Andrew Bolt, who read the book, he said, Greg, how do I find faith? I really believe this is an amazing time, even though the world is so, has, you know, in its, might describe itself as being, particularly the West, educated and sophisticated. 
is that there is a great need for God and there is a great need that we are able to access the spirit of wisdom that the Bible is talking about. Jesus, what set him apart was that he carried the spirit of wisdom that rested upon him. The spirit of wisdom rested on him. That is Isaiah chapter 11 verse 2. His dealings with people from every background, whether they be religious, whether they be rich or poor, whether they be educated or not, whether they be sick or healthy, was incredible. He showed incredible wisdom to live in his culture in his time. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The reason I'm bringing this word this morning is got a lot to do with the times that we're living in. This message is important for every one of us. I think all of us must be prepared to change to negotiate the future. The last 18 months, or it seems since we've come into this building, has been a real time of change for me, where God has been changing the internal dynamics of my life. You're probably praying for that anyway. But the reason I'm bringing this word this morning is we all have a future ahead of us. Every one of us in this room have a future ahead of us on this earth. For some of us, it may not be that long. You know, for someone to become senior in years, we may not be here a lot longer. For young people, it is likely that you are going to live in your 70s and your 80s and your 90s on planet Earth. We have a future ahead of us. And we need wisdom to negotiate, to move forward and to build our life well. Prior to the appearance of Christ, one of the most significant leaders and builders recorded in the Bible in the Old Testament was Solomon. He followed on from his father, King David. David led the nation. David was a warrior king. He was a priestly king. He was a prophetic king. He was, uh, he was a man with God's own heart and uh, But God didn't allow him to build the temple. And that mandate was handed over to his son, Solomon. I wanted to read what was important to Solomon. 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 7 to 14. This is the record of Solomon's ascendancy to the throne to lead the nation. And it's important this morning because all of us have a role of leadership somewhere. In my home, I am the co-leader. It's a leadership responsibility. In the church, I have the responsibility of being an over... It's a crazy time to lead a church, believe me. Man, you know, when I started out at this, it was easy. Just be everybody's friend. Just love everyone, they'll all love you back. 
But you know what? Life has become complicated. More and more and more. Do you know what? I'm not so normal as going to return. But this I do know, Jesus will return. Yes, amen. He said that. He promised that. Maybe in the lifetime of the generation that is sitting in this church. I mean, if you look at the messianic prophecies, what is written in the Bible, it's extraordinary that we are living in such an incredible time. Um, you know, when things go particularly crazy, I'd be more than happy to go, okay, I'm ready to go, Lord, just take us out. But I don't ever think it's going to be that easy. And we'll be here for a while. Yeah. Back to the reading from 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 7 to 14. And this tells the story about how Solomon had become the king. He was given the responsibility of leadership of the nation, which is a heavy responsibility. And he prayed to God. He dedicated himself to God. And this is what it says in verse 7 of chapter 1. On that night, God appeared to Solomon and said, Ask, what shall I give to you? And Solomon said to God, You have shown great mercy to David, my father, and have made me king in this place. Now, O Lord, let your promise to David, my father, be established for you, have made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitude. Now give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people who can judge this great people of yours. It's important because it doesn't matter what realm of leadership you're in. You know, the people are never mine. This is not my church. Even if you're a mum and dad, you can say, these are my children, but do you know what? They're the Lord's children. The people in this church are the Lord's people. The people in the region of Gippsland are the Lord's people. Then God said to Solomon, because this was in your heart, and you have not asked for riches or wealth or honour or the life of your enemies. I've thought about that every now and again. (laughs) Nor have you asked long life, but have asked wisdom and knowledge for yourself, that you may judge my people over whom I have made you king. Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. And I will give you riches and honour and wealth such as none of the kings have had before you, nor shall any who come after you. 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 7 to 14. Solomon, of course, became the world-renowned leader of his time. Following on from David was a hard act. I've identified with David because David fought violently to bring the presence of God to Mount Zion. He was a warrior king and because there was so much bloodshed around him, the mandate of building and completing the assignment of building the temple went to his son Solomon. Solomon was a great leader. He gathered the nation together. 
in a time of crisis. Very few leaders can do this. You see, the leaders of the nations now become so politically polarised that it is almost impossible to gather the nation together. Even in this time, in a relatively unified family, a church, it's very hard to keep the unity. I don't know whether you watched Martin Isles last night in Western Australia in the entertainment centre. I believe there were 4,000 people there and several thousand online. And he spoke about this issue of how the ideologies of the day have struck at the heart of friendship, of family, of churches, communities, and even the nation. But Solomon had the wisdom to gather the nation together. This is why we must have the spirit of wisdom and understanding. Solomon picked up the plans to build the temple and he built the house. And the Bible talks about how when he dedicated the house, the temple, the temple of God, that the house was filled with the glory of God. Even, even to the degree that the ministers could not minister. Now I'll tell you why this little verse struck it, strikes at me. I thought this is an Old Testament fabricated story. Until I had an experience like that. Where God for a minute opened my eyes to see the glory dimension of God. You know, here this morning we see one another and you hear the message and we enjoy the songs. We hear the testimonies. But when God opens something up over you, where you begin to see with your own natural eyes the other side, your life becomes changed forever. That song is written out of a revelation. Lord, we're asking right now for the spirit to fall, the spirit of wisdom. Lord, we're asking right now that the heavens would open. God has done it in the Old Testament when Jesus was baptised at the River Jordan. It happened. And we know that during this time that God, He is saving the best till last. And I really believe that wherever people are like this, gathered in places like this, really genuinely looking to God, God will do extraordinary things. The wisdom that was given to Solomon enabled him to gather the people. I tell you what, you wouldn't want to be a Prime Minister now. You wouldn't want to be a Premier. I know I've been amongst the first critics. But you wouldn't want to be there. He built the temple, and it's a historical fact, and his fame spread throughout the earth. The queen of Sheba came to see him. She was a queen that came from a foreign nation. You read about it in 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 1. Because she had heard of the incredible wisdom of this leader, and she came, and she brought the wisdom of the nations to that nation. Yeah. You know, this is really interesting because I've been, you know, I don't know whether this is reality or whether this is just uh, folklore, but I've been up to the Solomon Islands and visited that nation. 
And the guys up there really believe that the gold for Solomon's temple came from that part of the world. And that's where the name, the Solomon Islands, comes from. The nation is rich in gold. And it's like a folk war. God wants to give us wisdom. And he wants to give us understanding. Not only so that we can live in this generation, but so that we can lead in this generation. I think it is really great, and I say this honestly, you know, when I hear people getting up and we've got so many community champions in this house. You know, God wants to give us wisdom so that we can lead in this generation. I believe that if we will really open our hearts to God and what He do, that we will raise up champions, community champions, quality leaders. God wants us to be able to lead and He wants us to be able to flourish in this generation. Yeah. You know, there is a real hopelessness about this generation. Just this week, the family that we met, a friend, a, a very dear friends of, uh, of our family, the children in our family, lost a child this week to hopelessness. These are the statistics you do not read about. You only hear about them and they leave the scars. God wants to give us the wisdom and the understanding to not only live, but to lead and flourish and become community champions in this generation. What's your ministry? Don't worry about it. Become a community champion. Please don't aspire to a job like mine. Unless God has absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, called you to it. Because it's just about kidding these days, if you have an opinion, you are a risk <laughs> or at risk. Hey, listen, we need the wisdom of God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We need the wisdom of God. As a parent, you'll need it. You will need it. Because we are seeing a new kind of crazy out there. And it's from the top down. Solomon was the author of this verse. It's a great verse. He was the author of this chapter in the Bible. Book of Proverbs, chapter 4, verse 7. Listen to this, young people. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. With all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her... And she will promote you. She will bring honour when you embrace her. Yeah. I'm talking about your girlfriend. I'm talking about wisdom. Back to the thing. Young people get distracted very easily. Let's start from the top again. I'll read it to you all. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And all I get in, get understanding. Exalt her. See, Solomon talked like about wisdom like it was a female companion. Because 
He loved the wisdom of God. Exalt her and she will promote you. Yeah. She will bring honour when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. Yeah. Proverbs 4.7. It's a good verse, isn't it? But the first line is the line I want you to remember. Wisdom is the principal thing. Yes. And in all I get it, man, this world's chasing after stuff. We're chasing after stuff. Houses, cars, properties, holidays, technology. And here the Bible's saying, with all I get it, Get understanding. Because in, an era, in, a, in a year and a culture where we are more educated than ever before, it seems like, like, like the leadership is devoid of wisdom and understanding. Solomon learned the words before he penned them. He learned the principle and it worked for him and it will work for us. This is an enduring truth. And it is an enduring requirement of leadership. He needed it then to build the temple yeah. and to lead the nation. But we will need it now to survive, to thrive, and to build confidently into the future. It was interesting because when I first became the leader of the church, which is a long time ago now, I was young, I still had a bit of an afro, I was relatively untrained hairdo, but this, I prayed this prayer, I read that prayer and said, God give me wisdom to lead, give me wisdom, I need it more now. Now I want to help you with this, do you find this interesting? Yeah. I wanted to talk about the source of wisdom because there are two. And if you start to see this, you can, and you think about it, and you and you follow the little, uh, you know, advice that I give you, you can start to unlock something over your life. Because I reckon it's happened here. We couldn't have been in this building unless God, you know, unlocked it for us. And God wants to do that sort of thing for you. But there are two sources of wisdom. There is the wisdom that comes from God. He created the heavens and the earth and He created the operational dynamics that work, that make life work and He gave us the manual of scriptures. The source of wisdom there are two. The wisdom that comes from God and right from the start God did this. He put two trees in the garden. And they are the source of wisdom. One is the source of God's wisdom. And the other is man's wisdom. It's very important that we understand this because something's going on in the world that is big. And it's to do with this. It's perfectly, the wisdom of man is one type of wisdom. So the two trees, the tree of life, 
and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. One of them is the system that God uses and the other is the system that the world uses. And we live in the world. We need to connect into the system. We're in the world. We're not of the world. But there are two sources of wisdom. And the Bible, man, it is so amazing when you read it. And God begins to unlock dimensions like this to you so you can understand it. It's like, you know, you can be walking around doing your thing and you go, ah, oh, I get it. I remember when I was in Wodonga 35, 36 years ago, mowing the lawns one day and I had a big question. A big question. And I was mowing the lawn. And I just remember this revelation dropping into my heart about who Jesus is and what the church really is. And that revelation has shaped everything that's happened since. So we have two sources of wisdom, the wisdom of man. Let's read about this. It's perfectly described in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 to 8. I'll read it through quickly. There's eight verses. And I, brethren, it's talking about Paul when he came to the church in Corinth. And I, brethren, when I come to you, did not come with excellence of speech or with wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness in fear and in much trembling and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men yeah. but in the power of God see there were two trees in the garden one was the tree of life the other was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. One, we need to put our, our faith in is the system of God. The other one is the world system. I'm not saying everything about it's evil. It's a tree of knowledge of good and evil. There are good things. But we need to make sure that our dependency in these days is on the source of true wisdom. Verse 6. This is really important. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, but not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to... If a leader is not accessing the wisdom of God, and he is a ruler, he is coming to nothing. So don't worry. We don't have to worry. There's stuff going on. There's all sorts of pressure. There's all sorts of questions. I've got some great advice for you. Don't worry. Because the rulers of this age, who are bringing things that they shouldn't, will come to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God 
in a mystery. What I'm talking to you about today is a mystery. It's an absolute mystery. Some are going to go, oh, I got it. And others will go, what the blazes is that bloke he's talking about now? But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of this age knew about. None of the rulers of this age knew about, for had they have known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yeah. They just don't get it. They crucified Jesus because he represented the tree of life yeah. Yeah. rather than the one they made. Rather than the one they were dependent on. Do you know what? The more the nation has been secularised and atheistised and agnosticised and humanised and all that other stuff and socialised, the more I am convinced beyond the shadow of a doubt there's one way to meet God. One way. And I would not stand here and talk to you like this and mess up your life telling you this unless it was absolutely the truth. Yeah. There's one way. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom. Now, this is where I want to help you. We are entering the danger zone. In the nation, family, relationships, economy, morality, spirituality, we're entering the danger zone. Yeah. The danger zone for any nation, people, or individual is when they begin to displace the wisdom of God and replace it with the wisdom of men. The danger zone for any nation, individual, or people, is when they begin to displace the wisdom of God and replace it with the wisdom of men. Do you know what's happening in our nation? We saw where our state premier said, if I get back in, I'll remove the Our Father. You know, it's understandable because we're living in a so-called secular society, but this is exactly what's happening. Yeah. I don't want you guys to live by this. I want you ones to be restorers of the bridge, to be builders of the walls, yeah. to be community Amen. champions who yes. bring Christ back to the centre and where we should be. Amen. It's going to happen because we're not the only ones. Man, if you want an adventure in life, just join this church. We're entering the danger zone. I'll say it again, the danger zone for any nation, people, or individual, any leader is when they begin to displace the wisdom of God and replace it with the wisdom of man. It's in the Bible. Listen to this. Romans chapter 1 verse 22. Professing to be wise, they became 
fools. And God gave them up. I can hardly say the words because I see it. God gave them up to a delusion. Yeah. There's so much mistruth. But this is really good. See, we have two sources of truth. One, we have the wisdom of God. The second one, we have the wisdom of. And you know, one is life and the other's good things in it. And not so good things in it. But there is a crossing over when the wisdom of man can become demonic. And you can read about that in James chapter 3, verse 14. It's your homework. Because when we begin to access continually, uh, you know, the wisdom of man to live our life, we open up a generation to something that we shouldn't. See happening in the schools, the education, all over. Don't worry, the message will get more positive. In fact, I'm positive this is happening, so I'm pretty positive. So James gives a warning. Um, now, this week, I'm internationally connected, so I've been contacting some of my friends in the nations and asking them about what's happening in their part of the world. My American friend said to me, how is life in the prison colony anyway? My European friend who lived under the communistic regime for most of his life said, our politicians in Eastern Europe are corrupt, but yours are nuts. <laughs> this is a man who lived under communism. Normal is not coming back, Jesus is. I don't know when, but this is it. We can flourish. Yeah. Your business can flourish. We can have great marriages. Not just yet, you guys. Alright, just all of us. We can have great marriages, great relationships, great families, and winning businesses that thrive even in hard times. We just need to be able to access the wisdom of God. So in every generation, Wisdom is the principal thing. Embrace her. That is how Solomon treated this grace from God. Embrace wisdom. The book of Proverbs is fantastic because uh, <laughs> Proverbs 4 talks about wisdom, talks about a wise son, wise people, and Proverbs chapter 6 talks about total idiots. Yeah. So you can actually find where you're at in the book. If you want to know who I am, all right, just trying to add a little bit of liberty. How am I going? <laughs> Read the book of Proverbs. But this is the point. Wisdom is the principal thing. You can live under the wisdom of God, the incredible grace of God, the provision of God. The favour of God. How do you do it? So, so uh, I won't be here next week. I'll be back the week after that. And I might talk a little bit more about the how. 
But this morning I just want to give you five quick points and then we're just going to have communion and uh, we're going to continue on our journey of growing to be champions yes. in the community. Yeah. Number one, how do I get the, this grace from God? In James chapter 1 verse 5 says, Count it all joy if you fall into various trials and testings, because the testing of our faith produces patience. So you know what? In the room this morning, there are all sorts of people that are going through trials. Some of you might be as flat as a pancake. Some of you might have financial issues, relationship issues, lost your way in the fog a bit. All these are the trials and the testings that you have. Count it all joy if you fall into various trials and testings. Because God produces patience on the inside of you. And the next part of it's really good. If you haven't got wisdom, ask. Ask God. I'm majoring on this now because I need wisdom to move forward. Ask God. Help me to receive what Pastor Brian's talking about. Yeah. Amen. Sometimes our businesses don't work, our marriages don't work, our relationships don't work, our churches don't work, and even our nation now, I'd question the wisdom. Ask God for it. Number two, so we can get first, get home, and just put me on down and say, God, I need this. Number two, connect with people who demonstrate and are carriers of the spirit of wisdom. You don't want to surround yourself with fools. Connect with people who demonstrate the spirit of wisdom. Paul, the apostle, was one such person. And you've got to remember that wisdom the wisdom of God is not necessarily just making good decisions. It is being able to access from heaven that dimension of God's spirit. Connect with good people and demonstrate the spirit of wisdom. Yeah. Paul said, I pray that you would have the spirit of wisdom. It's like fathers in the faith have got that right and that place, that stature to be able to pray like that. The dad should always pray over his boys and his girls. Give them wisdom. Connect with good people who demonstrate. It's a connection thing. It can be transferred through impartation. You know, uh, Pastor Simon is down there in Newborough. And he was mentored in the house here for years and years. And then he went down there. And you know, the continual testimony that I hear about his ministry is that he carries wisdom beyond his years. Wisdom is transferable. Yeah. In fact, the book of Proverbs says that a wise son receives his father's command, his father's advice. But a foolish son is the grief of his mother. Yeah. 
The book of Proverbs is pretty amazing. Very unbelievable. Number one, ask God. He'll give it to you. If you ask God for wisdom, if you're lacking wisdom, and you want that spiritual gift, the Bible says you ask God. And God will meet you there just like he did with Solomon. Number two, connect with people who carry and demonstrate the spirit of wisdom because it can be transferred. It's transferred. Father to son, friend to friend, mother to daughter. This is the way God made the kingdom. This is why our society is crazy. Because we're trying to fix human problems with man's wisdom. And we have exchanged the truth for a lie. Professing to be wise, they're fools. I've never seen so many fools in leadership. Ever. Number three, read the book of Proverbs and internalise it. There are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. Isn't that interesting? There's 31 days in the month. One proverb, one day. It'll line your life up with God like you would not believe. And this is the key to the future, lining your life up with God. It's like, you know, God's light is shining here. You can see it. All I've got to do is line myself up with it and position myself there. And that is the place. Read the book of Proverbs. Even people who are not Christians, read the book of Proverbs because it's the central part of the Bible. Number four. You cannot have real spiritual wisdom unless you understand this. You must realise that the cross and seeing its critical importance is the beginning of all wisdom. This is the critical thing. You must realise. You must realise that the cross and seeing its critical importance is the beginning of all wisdom. If Jesus is God, if he came to the earth and became a man, the Son of God in the flesh, and he went to the cross to pay the price of our sin, we must realise that the human problem is sin. Yeah. And now this whole generation, professing to be wise, they made themselves fool, have rejected the cross and are pushing it to the outside of society. Do you know, when I grew up in, in the, uh, the twilight of the Judeo-Christian heritage, which is freedom, liberty, family, faith and love. But professing to be wise, they became fools. And it says in the scripture that the cross is an offence to them. Do you know what? I need that cross. You know, in the world, the tree of knowledge of good and evil is self-help, self-promotion, self-motivation, self-development, and, and everything else. But do you know what? That is the nature 
That is the wisdom of man. And if you look at what the Bible says about it, it is demonic. James chapter 3 verse 15. Wherever you find bitter envy and ambition, you find this problem. And that is why every Sunday we want to honour in some way the table of the Lord. Yeah. Because my problem is, not that I haven't got my self-development right, my problem is that I'm a sinner. And sin has its penalty. This is why the world's a mess. You can't just change a life by the way you think. You can only change your life by coming to the one who gave us life and acknowledging that he is God and you are his creation. Yes. And by receiving the truth of the gospel is that we're all sinners. And when you do, do you know what? It's not, a th it's not a downer. It's the most liberating thing to realise that you can't overcome your sinful nature. You can't overcome it. You can tidy it up. You can hide it. You can be polite. You can be nice. But underneath, you're just like me. And this is where we need the gospel. Yeah. We need the cross. Because 2,000 years ago, and it's the central figure in humanity, is the symbol of the cross. Yeah. But the scripture says that to those, to some foolishness, and it's an offence to them. You try and tell someone a hardened, you know, whatever, this story, I want to report you to the police. They say it's hate. I just don't get it. Yeah. To me, this is history's greatest love story. Yeah. Man, I know, I know what I've done in private. Yeah. I know what I've said about people behind their back. I know what it's like to think, well, there's no other way that I can do it, get out of this, rather than um, tell a white lie. I know what that's like. I'm thinking, oh, you is a sinner. We all are. We're all. <laughs> but the most amazing thing is that God sees our condition and he sends his son into the earth because he was the only one who could take the rap for us. He paid the penalty on the cross. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or with wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Do you know what? My greatest badge of honour is Jesus Christ. I found him in my late teens. I discovered he was real. We nailed the deal on our honeymoon. 
And by the grace of God, we've followed him ever since. Yeah. And I would not change a thing except the way that I've done it. Because wisdom is not something that just turns up when you give your heart to the Lord. It's something that you must grow in through your, your wins and your failures and the dealings of God. But you've got to ask yourself today, why did Jesus go to the cross? It's a historical fact, you can't deny it. It's in the Bible. It's written about by hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of contemporary writers. 500 people witnessed the risen Christ. Why is it that the Son of God became the Son of Man and died on the cross? Because when we receive that reality in our hearts, we can become truly the sons of God. The last thing is, and this is where it all starts, is you receive Jesus into your life. You receive him into your heart. And that is just between you and him. But when you receive Jesus into your heart, you really do. You are spoiled for everything else. I can't get out of this. I've tried. I've resigned. I've uh, uh, wanted to leave the state. I've tried to get out of it. God kept talking to us. So that's where I want you. And this is a beautiful story. You know, God's greatest gift to the earth is a love. His love, which is expressed through His Son, Jesus. And the way that you will win in life is by identifying with Him on the cross and realising you could have been me. But because He was there, now your destiny has changed. And you, the head of the heaven. Yeah. Amen. Spirit of wisdom. I pray this morning that you would just release into our hearts just a glimpse of who you are, what you want. Father, I pray that you would help us to identify with the most incredible sacrifice in history. The death of Jesus on the cross. Help us, Lord God, to understand who you really are.